0: Hi everybody, my name is Landon, and you're in the listen to episode 178 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in the lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ. Ricardo, a.k.a. Beef Arenas,
1: and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. My brother from another mother. You know, what you, are you doing in California? Let me, let me ask you, what are you doing in
0: California? I took a wrong turn. Did you? I took a wrong turn.
1: Is that, is that why you meet me I', I
0: to a parking lot? I didn't have enough sense to turn around and go back the other way.
1: <laughs> you just kept going, right? Yeah. Like, keep
0: going. Okay, Bro, so...
1: it's good to see you.
0: Hey, man. Hey, you know what? It's, it's been awesome being out here, seeing everybody. That's, I that's awesome.
1: Folks, mm-hmm. I, I'm actually excited for this podcast. Well, not only because I, beefing the brain together physically, you know, in San Diego, it's been a while. It's been a while. Usually we do this virtually, right, bro? This is complete. Yep. We had to bust out the old recording uh, equipment.
0: We did. And, you know, I had to make <laughs> my yearly pilgrimage <laughs> to San Diego. Yeah. Where where there's actually street lights and you can see at night. I know. You were telling me something about this is not dark. Folks, we're sitting in a parking
1: lot. <laughs> there's obviously the, the lights outside in a parking lot that you normally see. But you were saying
0: this, this is not dark. This is like a dark, cloudy day daytime in in North Carolina, dark dark is nighttime in North Carolina. So it's like you know you see the reflections of
1: all of the light, the lights around you. You kind of see a glow beyond you know above the city, like you, you won't see any of that over there.
0: No, there's no glow. There's there's dark night and stars if it's not cloudy. Oh my! If goodness. it's cloudy, it's sleepy hollow dark.
1: Are you saying you live somewhere <laughs> out there in the boonies? yes <laughs> how long does it take you to get to like the nearest grocery store let's say
0: well the nearest grocery store is just around the corner really oh, okay. there is one in the town okay how about costco costco is 30 minutes away oh yeah, yeah. that's 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 way out there that's all the way into charlotte <clears throat> yeah wow bro
1: yeah uh, well blessing to see you my brother yeah right you right too here. you know we get to see you on sunday uh, he yeah. came to, buy, to visit, our, you know, his home church, and here in San Diego, and got to spend time uh, chatting with you, with all the different oh, uh, yeah. folk in the church, and you spent some good times with one of our church members, right? Yep. You just staying there a few days before you yep. head out to your uh, little retreat you have.
0: Yeah, we got. I'm going to a law enforcement uh, retreat uh, for active duty and retired law enforcement mem- members and their wives. And it's a marriage retreat. Oh, and very cool! Officers all the way from Los Angeles to San Diego will be attending.
1: So, during your fun times or game times, do you guys, all you retired cops guys, do you guys get in a, like a game? Like, hey, let's let's book 'em and to see mm, if we still yeah. have it. No, no. Had him now.
0: <laughs> no, we're not. We're done. This is some
1: chases around we're, town. <laughs> nah,
0: we're done. We're done. Oh, what you're? You're what? 25 and you're an officer. Go chase that guy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> if you need backup, I'll mosey over there. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, bro. Yeah. What a blessing,
1: bro. Mm. It's good to see you again. Physically, you're looking good, by the way.
0: Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, your you're, health. Uh,
1: Your health, uh, uh, you know, uh, transformation, I guess, or your health, uh, lifestyle,
0: yeah, right, has paying
1: dividends big time. I can see,
0: yeah, it has good Uh, stuff,
1: bro. I'm glad, bro, yeah.
0: And I got, I have to say, yeah, your beard, your beard is, um, I don't know, it is almost ri- ravel, um, rivaling uh-huh. uh, Votie Bachman's beard. I mean, oh, it's, it's okay. getting there. Right. It's close. Right. It's close.
1: So I'm letting it grow I mean, vodi has
0: got you on it. But it's, oh, it's, no, it's he does. Yeah, yeah.
1: He does. And he's got it nice in shape.
0: You know, <laughs> um, not me. I'm kind of letting it
1: grow and then I'm going to probably go to somebody to shape it yep. and you yep. know, make it nice and pointy like his. Well,
0: why don't we say a quick prayer and get into it? Let's do it, bro.
1: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome, blessed evening you've given us, Lord. What a blessing it is to see my brother in person, Lord, and uh, it's a joy, Father, to continue our fellowship, Father, throughout the years, Lord. Uh, I pray that you continue to bless his life this week, Father, as he enjoys his time here in San Diego, and also as they travel up north, Father, to their uh, retreat uh, uh, that they have, Father, the couple's retreat, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that he has a great time with his wife, Lord, and uh, and, and just fellowshipping with the other retired or officers that are going to be attending, Lord. And let them uh, just uh, give you honor and glory and everything he does, Lord. Let us continue to be a blessing to those that listen, Father. May your will be done in our lives, Lord. Let us continue, Father, to do your will, Father, as we continue to uh, put out more podcasts, Lord. That uh, your word be spoken, and we stand on your truth, Lord, and uh, we thank you for the opportunity to give us. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My brother, so guess what? We had a question. Well, actually, before I get into the question, do you have anything you want to get into? I mean, did you want to touch upon politics? I mean, Trump made it official, right?
0: Right. Yeah, he did.
1: Uh, The... Uh, did the Republicans take over the House? Was yes. That announced? Yes. Oh. Yes. They've so taken they it. they did, huh? Yeah. We're still waiting on so the Senate. So they even the field, huh, against, uh, not against, but I mean, they're even, even they're balancing let, the field. How about that? Let, let, let Senate the, House, right?
0: Let, let the, let the uh, congressional investigations begin. <laughs> yeah. Do you How see can,
1: a lot more of that stuff happening?
0: Oh, I, I think it's going to hit the fan. Yeah. I, I think with Jim Jordan and people like that in there that have been in there a while, and then the new guys coming in, the MAGA guys are going to walk in and shake that place up. They're oh, going to disrupt that place. They're, they're gonna be, globalist Republicans are going to be so angry at these MAGA guys, yeah. you know. It's going to be a war, and uh, I'm glad to see it. I'm and, glad I mean, to see it.
1: It's, and you're right. I think it's going to start, too. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we're only two years away from the next presidential election Mm -hmm. and Trump is already officially running so
0: Mm -hmm. you know let let
1: the games begin
0: yeah I think there's a reason why he announced early is to try to calm the, the nation down and keep everybody from going into an uproar yeah, um, Brazil. Over a million people are are going into an uproar right now, and I think they're going to be able to get what they want. I mean, it looks like wow. looks like they're going to annul that election.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. That that's that's huge. And
0: so, and then um, because of all the corruption and the you know the stuff yeah. that they were doing. So, and then uh, also in Germany, they they caught a lot of election corruption. They're going after. The, yeah. the, the people getting riled up in Germany. Same thing's happening in Mexico. They they found some corruption, there, and the yeah. Mexican people are getting you riled up. You know what's up. amazing in talking you know. about that, brother? And then, you know, you're bringing
1: mm-hmm. these facts from, or just talking about these mm-hmm. different nations. You know, uh, the United States of us, you know, what has gone, what's happened in the last few years, you know, and we think, oh, this is happening to our nation, you know, how can this be? But we don't see that the surrounding nations, their corruption, political corruption, has been going on for years. This is
0: what's been happening to us my whole lifetime. But the thing is, is that it's, it's global. It's a global problem. It's a global issue, right? Yeah, it's a global issue. And it takes a lot to clean it up. But I think we're making progress on cleaning it up. By the way, here in Southern California... This, it, it was Southern California that figured out how to beat the ballot harvesting.
1: Ah, okay. That's good.
0: And you know what they figured out? What they do? Churches mm-hmm. and okay. gun shops and places like that mm-hmm. became ballot drop-off areas.
1: Whoa, okay. That makes sense.
0: Now, yeah. and, and they made sure there was a good chain of custody... Uh-huh. to protect those ballots, to get them into the polling places, to be mm-hmm. counted. And that carried uh, the Republicans in Southern California. And mm. that's why that's why we have the House right now, is because somebody came up with the brilliant idea of, well, if the Democrats can do this, then we can do it too, yep. and we'll do it at the churches, and we'll do it at the gun shops, at places that are trustworthy. Oh, yeah. And we'll do it, and we'll collect boxes and boxes and boxes of ballots, mm-hmm. and then we will take them in and dump them on them all at once. And that's exactly what they did, yeah, yeah. and it overwhelmed the fraud machine, right. and it could they couldn't commit enough fraud to to overcome that sudden dump of votes, and yeah. that that secured it for you know for, that was huge.
1: Yeah, and that's huge mm-hmm. because. It tells you of uh, you know people having a trust on certain <clears throat> uh, um, you know places or like a place of worship you know why wouldn't you trust. Not that every single one of them is perfect, but they're not. But just to be able to trust that they're going to deliver those ballots, they're going to make sure they were done right, correctly.
0: Right, right, and they're not. They don't. You know, they're not going to look to see if it's Democrat or Republican. They're mm-hmm. just going to take the ballots as they're as you know they are marked and, yeah. and turned them in, and knowing that the people who are going to drop them off at churches are going to be mostly conservatives yeah. and, and people who have Judeo-Christian ethics. And uh, that's, that overwhelmed the system.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, there's so much I need to get into, too, but we don't have enough time. But, um, but good things are happening. I just want to encourage folks. Good things are happening. And we did have a red wave because if we didn't have a red wave, we would never take taken a house because can, uh, MAGA candidates who have a Judeo-Christian uh, ethic, they had to not only overcome, overcome their opponent in mm-hmm. the election, but they also had to overcome the fraud, so they had two opponents they had to fight, yeah. their opponent and the fraud. And they, if they had enough votes to, to cover both of those, that's a red wave.
1: Mm,
0: yeah. Long Beach went red. I mean, not Long Beach. Uh, Long Island in New York went red. Uh, there are yeah, other, other areas that, that went red in New York. And uh, Br- Broward County in Florida went red. Miami-Dade went, wet, went, went red. Yeah. Uh, in North Carolina, Anton County went from blue to red, and the result was we got another Senate seat mm, that's out great. of North Carolina, yeah. uh, and all four appellate judges that we were voting for in North Carolina that were conservative won. Wow. Not only and that... another
1: Senate raise was really close, too. I mean, they... they that was close, won.
0: but he pulled it out. Yeah. And the other thing is, the Supreme Court in um, North Carolina... Flipped from a super liberal majority to a super conservative majority, Mm. seven to two.
1: Wow! Wow, that's huge.
0: (laughs) Seven conservative, two liberals. So North Carolina killed it this election, Uh, and I mean, and this this is duplicated on a micro level and all level all across the country. You got to look at the local races. The local races, there was a huge red wave. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, you know? and so people are just looking at the high profile even, stuff. Even
1: here in California, bro. <clears throat> yes, mm-hmm. we got we got the same governor. You know, we knew that was going to happen. There's really no mm-hmm. big, uh, uh, you know, uh, opposition to him. But mm-hmm. all the propositions, none of them passed. Only the ones that only passed was a proposition that had to do with uh, abortion rights. But we knew that was going to happen. You know that he some made this a sanctuary state for. You know, they're even housing. Willing to pay travel and housing for people that wanted to come to the state and get uh, abortions, and the other one was a uh, a pot tax. I think uh, that passed, but it's actually not a, not not that bad of a thing. But all the other propositions that we going to raise our taxes, bro, they all did not. They all failed. failed. They all failed, which we're yeah. glad. So that's a huge yeah for I mean for conservatives it should be a victory, you know, because at least all of, when usually the state that is blue, you know, not everything passed.
0: Right. So. Right, yeah. The abortion thing is—we got a lot of work to do on that one, in, in states like California, um, you know, there's there's a lot of work to do. But we can do a pod, a special session on that. Sometime. Oh, absolutely, we'll yep. do that. So it, it's it's uh, sad to see, but uh, but the good news is that they are fighting it at the state level. Mm, the lo- more local just politics yeah. becomes, the easier it is to fight it. Uh, so you had a question? Yes. So we had a question that came in.
1: And, uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, eschatology, last days, madness, end days, you know, that stuff. Yep. Um, So the question was brought up, you know, we've been talking about this, we challenged people to go research themselves, you know, we came to a paradigm shift. Okay, enough of that. The question was, brother, how, the question was brought up in this regard, how do you guys know that you are correct?
0: Yeah, well, um, it's, a, it's a big question. It, it, well, it's a broad question. Broad question, exactly. And uh, and it, it it's it's a it almost sounds like a question out of frustration.
1: And I think that's what it was. Yeah. I tried to ask for more clearance, mm-hmm. you know, clarity on the question itself, mm-hmm. but I didn't really get a response. So I took it and I said, "Well, okay, I'll I'll say it, I'll ask the brain and ask him, hey, brother, in your own personal paradigm shift." How did you came about, you know, more of that stance because things, you know, how did you know that it, was, it, was, it made more sense? Okay,
0: um, that's a great question there. Um, and that's probably related to what they were asking. Um, but I think they were asking, you know, I think what was happening with that question was they have a different view and they want to know how we know our view is right. I think so, so. I think that's exactly the so, basis of the question. So the, the first thing that has to be assumed is that there is a correct view.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, there is a correct understanding of eschatology. Um, not all of them are correct, right? There is one that is correct, and so uh, you have to you have to first acknowledge that um, it's not all relative. Mm-hmm. That there is a, a, an absolute. That God had a specific meaning when He stated the things He stated in the Scriptures about eschatology. So the goal is to try and understand what God stated. Now, one of the big problems with that today is that the, um, the, the, the current events interpretation of eschatology in the Bible has become so popular... And so widespread across the church, it's almost become, um, a, a doctrine to where if you disagree with it, you're almost considered to be a heretic, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Uh, And that's, that's going way too far. I, I think the church has gone way too far with that. Uh, we need to get back down to where, you know, the debates were during the time of the Puritans and so forth. But here's the thing, um... What I had to do is come to a realization, number one, that there were all kinds of predictions being made upon that model of eschatology where we're looking at current events and trying to connect them to the Bible, mm-hmm. that there was a 100% failure rate mm-hmm. in all of those predictions. Now, yeah. now that, that's a problem. That's a big problem. The second thing I had to do is look and say, okay, who was it written to? It was not written to me 2,000 years later. It was written to them 2,000 years ago. Mm. Okay, so I'm reading someone else's mail. Now, it was written for all of our benefits. All believers throughout time, it was written for our benefit. But it was not written to us. The seven letters to the churches in Revelation 2, two, and three were written to actual seven churches in Asia Minor, right? Right. And so, I mean, when you start to get down to that point, you begin to realize, okay, this is not the historicist view of seven church periods and all of that. Now we're in the Laodicean period. There's nothing in that scripture that indicates that. Mm -hmm. That has to just, that's something that's, that's, that's something that's assumed, in right. the scriptures. that's right. That's eisegesis. That's reading into it. Um, we read it as it is. The second thing is I began to research and understand apocalyptic language. That's huge. And when you, when you look at how language is used by Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Hosea and Amos, and you, know, you go down the list of the Old Covenant Prophets, they used apocalyptic language consistently in a certain manner. And when you look at the book of Revelation, that very same apocalyptic language was used in the book of Revelation. It was, it's, it's the closest to the old covenant prophets of any book in the New Testament. Mm, that's huge, yeah. And so once you understand the apocalyptic language, then you begin to understand the metaphor because, because God spoke in metaphors and, and idioms in mm-hmm. the scriptures. And, and the, the, they, the Jews understood those metaphors and idioms. The problem is, we're trying to interpret it from a 21st century Western Gentile Greek thinking uh, culture and viewpoint. It was not written in that fashion. Mm. It was written from in a you know a first century Jewish concerned Book of Revelation, a first century Jewish a, a mentality and understanding. So, in other words, <clears throat> you started looking at it from a <clears throat> direct
1: application to the audience to whom it was written. To.
0: Audience relevance is yeah, that's right? the term. Yeah, and
1: in mm-hmm. in turn, seeing the benefits of what transpired, what happened to the benefits application of them to they to
0: us. Right. If I was a first century Jew reading this, what would it how how would it translate in my mind?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So you have to understand how a first century Jew. And now with thinks. that.
1: I'm, I'm sure there was a lot more research you had to do, right? There was a
0: lot, a lot more. lot of looking research. Looking into a the context, mm-hmm. looking at
1: the language, yep. the Hebrew translation, it, and right. things like that.
0: And I had to be willing to face my own mis- misconceptions, my own misunderstandings, mm-hmm. because I was strong uh, dispensational premillennialist.
1: Now, let me ask you, was it a little tough at first trying to you know, get into that aspect coming yeah, from a dispensational mindset?
0: It is tough because you... I
1: mean, does it create doubt in you? Like, oh, am I, you know, am I really thinking wrong? Or am it, I trying to convince myself that this is
0: it? Didn't true, create, making sense? No, or? it didn't create doubt so much as I had to battle the fact that those, that paradigm was stuck in the back of my head. Mm, and but, when I was reading things, I, I kept reading it from that paradigm. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And I had to continually read it in the way that God intended it in order to wipe that paradigm so out. So you had of to tra-
1: retrain your brain?
0: I had to retrain my brain. Mm-hmm. It, took, it took time to do that. You know? but, uh, but once I was convinced that, okay, yeah, you know what, I got it wrong, and uh, this makes a lot of sense then, then I, I had made that switch over, but then it takes time to retrain your mind to read it in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. Another thing was the timing statements. I could not deny the timing statements yeah. in, in, in prophecies right. and in, in the scriptures. And, and really, one of the big ones was the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Luke 21, and, and uh, Mark 13. When I looked at the timing statements in that, and I looked at what they were talking about and what Christ was telling his disciples uh, concerning the temple and how everything was connected to the temple that mm-hmm. was standing at that time. Yeah. And he was talking about that temple that was standing at that time because that's the temple they pointed to and said, you know, look at this magnificent temple. And he said, you know, there won't be a, stand, a stone standing on, on another and that, that temple's going to be destroyed. And I said, And they came to him asking him about that. And that's when he gave all the discourse about you know, earthquakes and, and all the things that would be happening, all the signs and the times in relation to the destruction of that particular temple. Mm. So we know yeah. that, that that was the temple that had to come down, and that came down in A.D. 70. And so we know that all of the discourse was yeah. a first century fulfillment based upon the aud- audience relevancy, the subject matter, and the timing statements. Mm. So that's how I came to the conclusion. Now nobody can know a hundred percent that they're right when it comes to eschatology, but you can have a pretty good confidence in that you're you're gathering it and reading it correctly. The thing that I would not have very much confidence is is trying to interpret, trying to take the signs of times and all of this kind of stuff and trying to apply it to the modern day. That would you know, drive me nuts after a while. Yeah. Because I would keep getting things wrong. How many antichrists have we had in my lifetime? And I'm serious. Where people have we're actually still counting,
1: said, bro. We're yeah, still
0: counting. where people have said, "Yo, this guy's under, that guy's under." Guys, you know, we're, we're, this seal has been broken, and this is that. and All this stuff. I love like the
1: Mark of the Beast, huh? Yeah. You know, see it
0: everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the Mark of the Beast was when I in the '70s. It was the the, the things where you swipe the uh, food going across yeah. the counter, the, the, scanners. the yeah. scanners. You know, <laughs> that was the Mark of the Beast. How many Mark of, be- of the Beast have we had? Yeah. And, and they've all been wrong every last one of them and you know after a while you start thinking okay you know these guys aren't getting it right these guys aren't they're not you know they're not getting it and so but when someone is stuck in that paradigm it's really really hard to get out of it i mean you're stuck and you're you're really because it's the excitement of it yeah you know you get i mean you're looking everything everything looks like it's a sign. Everything looks like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. This this over here has a meaning. This sort of. Stuff. And it's kind of fun to to do that. You know, because you you it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. But it's not reality. There's
1: a lot of coincidences too. Yeah. you know, That you kind of. Yeah. What got me, bro, and I'll jump in here a little bit. What got me mm-hmm. is when, the word, you know, in, in in such time, in little time, you know, coming up, like, it meant a short period of time. Right. You know whether it was weeks you know months years but that's what it was right in that language i mean since i was yeah. a kid i heard of this that generation. And when i was reading scripture i'm like well mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense and then when i started really understanding what some of the wording was meant mm-hmm. it was like this doesn't make any sense i mean if in a little while i've been alive 47 years and i haven't seen anything in a little while and i'm thinking a little while is going to be maybe month two years three years five years ten mm-hmm. years 20 maybe years at the max or in a generation 40 years right
0: yeah. i thought that the rapture's supposed to occur any time now when I was 15
1: and <laughs> I was fearful bro I'll, when I was I'm, thinking that I'm, like, six, I'm oh, 62
0: I, years old now that ain't happened alright better because <laughs> you know, better,
1: you know yeah. I'm not going to be raptured you know I was always there always scared you know, so it was more like a, like a burden,
0: right? Now, now people are going to misunderstand this because they're going to think, "Oh, you're denying the return of Christ." No, we're not. we're not. We're just trying to understand it according to the scriptures. Amen. Amen. You know, and and there's nothing that's happening today that coordinates with anything in biblical prophecy. Yeah, right. And and that shocks people when you tell them that because you know. The, They've and braved, that's where they've they've read calling, the calling starts coming in. You're a heretic. Sure, you're sure an unbeliever. I've been calling yeah. an
1: unbeliever. Do you even well, believe in Christ anymore, bro? And I'm like, well, yes, I do. What are you
0: talking about? But it shows you how much that that particular understanding of exegology has overtaken the church, uh-huh. and how much it's fa- affected the church. We have lost the concept of building generations for Christ. Mm. There was a time, you know, if 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 this eschatology, if if this, uh, you know, current events eschatology were to be, if that was the eschatology during the time of the Puritans, this nation would have never been formed. Mm, that's a good point. It wouldn't have ever happened. Yeah, because they, they oh, any time now, Lord's coming back. You know, mm-hmm. they don't need to do anything when He's coming back. He's going to rescue us. But you know the. But what they had their mindset with the Puritans that they were they were post millennial partial preterists, but that was enough where they they understood that they needed to build institutions for god they needed to they needed to think one hundred hundred and fifty years down the road about their grandchildren and their great grandchildren and affecting them for the gospel mm. and building they they're the ones that built hospitals. And they built uh, facilities to, to feed the hungry. And, you know, I mean, that Salvation Army came out of that period of time. You know, I, I mean, they built great ministries to God Amen. and affected this nation tremendously. And what we've done is we've given that up for a pie in the sky, you know, fantasy land hope that we're going to be. Shoo, you know, shot out of here, and you know, God's just going to come rescue us. Um, that's not what Christ pr- prayed to the, to the Father in John 17. He prayed, "I don't, Father, I don't want them taken out of the world. I mm-hmm. want them to be able to handle what the world throws at them." You know, you know this passionate prayer that Christ had for his disciples. That they would not be taken out of the world, but they would be the salt of the earth. That they would be the ones that would bring the kingdom of God spreading across the globe. And that should be our mindset.
1: Mm, that's huge. That's huge. Uh, in answering the question, add a little bit more to that. Another thing that, uh, you know, not that what makes us right, but why we sought or we continue pursuing, you know, covenant eschatology was because outside sources meaning historians when they wrote about what was taking place and in this case Josephus what was taking place he saw he saw those signs those 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 spiritual language that we're talking about—the description of uh, what was taking place—he right. wrote about it, brother. Right? And he we did. don't even know. I mean, at that time, I don't think he was a—he was Jewish, but he was in a a, a messianic, messianic Jewish right? Right?
0: I I think he may have been. I don't. He know, may have been. I'm not I quite sure. I don't know if he was a believer think I've ever, or not. Okay. I mean, there's But his really, writing,
1: right? It made, he, well, it, well, it he made was, a lot more sense. What he
0: was—he was an honest historian. Historian, he was, right? He was an, he he accurately. Depicted what what was what he saw and what he was told by others. Uh, he um, he recorded that, and uh, you know he was better than the modern news media when it comes to that. Oh, absolutely! He was actually a true journalist.
1: Well, Which
0: he, we had he a just, a Tacitus. I know he just recorded the facts, you yeah. know, as he as they as they occurred and. Uh, which is hard to do because you have to stay impartial to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, he, that's what he did, I and mean, what a and brilliant mind that God gave him to do that. But um, and
1: he recorded all that from the Roman side, remember? Because he was on the Roman he was side, captive, and right?
0: To spare his life,
1: he was going to be writing of all right. of the Jewish wars. And but him, he,
0: but he and the, the Roman general actually they, they were actually, knew each other right they, they knew each other they were friends because they'd gone to school together mm. they'd gone to gone to whatever schools they had in Rome that day that they were classmates and so they knew each other and they had been been friends and so that that helped spare his life as well yeah yeah you know? and so he told Josephus you'll be my scholar it stuff. Right, what happened and that's that we have that today recorded as to what happened yeah I believe that was the providence of God
1: absolutely.
0: Man, good stuff. Well, hey, bro, thank
1: you. Uh, hopefully, you know, we do justice to the question brought up. It was broad. It was more of a general question. But, folks, we hope that, you know, uh, what we, uh, um, the way we answer it, helps, you know, any of you out, you know, in, in pursuing to look into, you know, coming its eschatologies, full preter- preterism. Um, and to the person that, you know, uh, uh, brought up the question... Hopefully this helps out a lot to answer that question. If you want more f- follow-up questions, hey, please do. Send them our way and we'll take the time, right, brother?
0: Yeah, we'll we, answer your
1: questions as best as we can. And sure,
0: we, we appreciate the question we do.
1: Other than that, mm-hmm. uh, stay encouraged and continue to be a Berean. my Brother, if you have anything else to add... Close us
0: out. we got a Bible study to go to. we got a Bible study. All right. Thanks, folks, for watching and listening. uh, We appreciate all of you. Remember, keep your mind sharp and your heart pure. We'll see you in the next uh, podcast. Catch you on that flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast.
1: Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast a blessing to have you we hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested Uh, we wanted to thank our families for supporting us especially our wives that uh, they put up with us they allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the word of god and uh, in return they help us as well and keep us accountable it's a blessing to have them in our lives so we want to especially thank them I uh, also we want to just thank uh, our church, uh, our friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to occur, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us. And uh, it's a blessing to have in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast that we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you.